Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of the Gospel of Matthew, and we're in chapter 17. Chapter 17 is entitled The Transfiguration. Now, the Transfiguration is recorded in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Here in chapter 17, it describes what happens when Jesus takes the three that he's the closest with up on the mountain. And remember, this is in response to Peter last time in chapter 16, we discussed Peter questioned him and was like, surely not, Lord, surely you're not going to die. And this is when Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, because he didn't understand the plans that God had. So here in response to that, it says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. So Moses, we know, represents the the law that was given, the covenant that the Lord made with Moses and with the people, with the Israelites and, and the culture that he was establishing for them. And Elijah, of course, was the prophet and the word that would to, that would be to come to, to foreshadow who Jesus is. And Elijah, remember, was one of only two men that didn't die. He was taken up to heaven in a whirlwind when a chariot of fire came by and got him. He's the only man other than Enoch that didn't die. And so here, Peter says to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So Peter understood the significance of who these three were. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. So literally the voice of God comes out from the cloud in response to this transfiguration and Jesus being made into the full manifestation of the reflection of God. God says, this is my son whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now, Peter later comments on this. He talks about the experience that he had when he was a part of this transfiguration. If we flip to the book of Second Peter and look at chapter 1, verse 16, Peter is talking about his experience. He says, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on this sacred mountain. 
Then picking up in verse 6, When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus, meaning Elijah and Moses were now gone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him. Remember, Jesus is talking about John the Baptist, a voice crying out in the wilderness, paving the way for Jesus to come. And remember, they did not receive him. They went so far as to kill him. Remember, we read about that in chapter 14 when the daughter of Herodias asked, for John the Baptist's head on a platter. So Jesus says, But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. The next section in this chapter is entitled, The Healing of a Boy with a Demon. This can also be found in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Luke. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So the demons are so bad that they literally are throwing this boy into fire and water. Nothing that he would do on his own. It says, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. So Jesus responds, O oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So here Jesus is talking about, not the amount of faith, but the type of faith. The faith that requires you to trust in the plan that the Lord has for the person, for yourself, for the situation, for the hard thing that's in front of you, like moving a mountain. But trusting that if it's the Lord's will, that it will be done. When they came together in Galilee, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. Now, he literally says, and this is for the second time, I am going to die. They will kill me, but on the third day, on the third day, I will be raised to life. So when he dies, they do have some concept of the fact that he's going to but it was still hard for them to get their minds around the fact that he would overcome death. 
So the next portion of this chapter is entitled the temple tax, picking up in verse 24. Now the temple tax quickly is an annual temple tax that's required of every male that's 20 years of age or older. It's basically about two days wages, and this is something that they pay annually. So it says, after Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax came to Peter and asked, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he asked. From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own sons or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then sons are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it. Give it to them for my tax and for yours. So Jesus is saying that even if the sons of God are exempt, we will do this as to not offend them. And then miraculously sends the fish to pay for both himself and for Peter. And that ends chapter 17. We will pick up next time in chapter 18.